You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hi, folks. Welcome to Thesis on Joan. This is Season 3, Episode 5, a special Tony Award edition. Thesis on Joan is a podcast dedicated to amplifying voices from the LGBTQ plus community in the New York performing arts scene and examining the industry from a queer perspective. Join us as we sit down with groundbreaking theater folks, both on stage and behind the curtain. For many queers, theater has been an escape, and this podcast looks to have open conversations on where we've come from and where we're headed as a community while queering the canon along the way. Hey, Megan. Happy end of award season slash middle of pride. (laughs) I like that they actually coincide again. (laughs) That it's not like arbitrary Tony Awards in the middle of whenever they want it to be. It feels right that it's together, right? When was the, it, was it last fall? I think so. And I like, I know I watched it, but it's so fully blocked out from my mind that I couldn't tell you like anything about it except the Aaron Tveit winning against no one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I remember. Oh my gosh. You have to, I know we're going to talk about award season, but you have to tell us a little bit about Town and Korea. Yeah. So I just got back from my trip to Korea. I was there for two weeks. Um, I went to Busan and I got to catch the Korean production of Town, which was so incredible. I'm so thankful I got to see it. The cast was amazing. Like, okay. They're so <laughs> smart. And I know, I, I understand that like, it'd be very difficult to do this in New York because it's so expensive, but all the cast was at least double or triple cast. So, oh wow. And it was a fairly short run. I think the run I saw was only like a month. And they still had double and triple casts of all the characters. So everyone sounded so healthy, like so ready to do the show, very energized, (laughs) right? Um, The theater was fairly new, it seemed. It was at the Dream Theater in Busan. And just like the sound system, I'm like, oh, wow, New York's sound system is trash because this feels like (laughs) a rock concert and like – I had just seen Hades Town in March in New York, right? And then I would say you just saw it. Yeah, yeah. So I knew I was like very familiar with the show. And I'm like, the music did not like the base of the music didn't vibrate my whole body <laughs> like the way the theater did. <laughs> it was so it was amazing. And yeah, the cast was beautiful. It was incredible to see a full cast of Korean folks. Um the whole yeah. show was in Korean. And I'm glad I had seen it recently, so I knew kind of what was going on. Sure. Yeah. My poor friend Sam had had not seen the show, and I was like, oh, it's like the story of, you know, Eurydice and uh, Orpheus. You'll be fine. <laughs> and they oh, were very gosh. confused. <laughs> yeah. As much as we love Hades Town, it's not the easiest one to just follow along. Yeah. <laughs> so that's tricky. I should have probably prepped them a little more, but, it's you know, fine. the vocals are like... The vocals are incredible. The Hermes and the um, Orpheus were probably like the standout performers for me. And mm-hmm. I do have to say no one can be Patrick Page as much as Patrick Page. How? Yeah. yeah. It, that role is so him. And it's uh, he and Amber Gray have been with the show since like the very first workshop, mm-hmm. I think. And I feel like you can see that in those characters so much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's awesome. I saw Amber Gray at New York theater workshop originally, but I didn't see her on Broadway, but yeah, she's so special. 
Um, She's, yeah. Yeah. She's so unique and amazing. Oh, and this was chilling to me. So the, we went to a matinee. Right at 2 o'clock, mm-hmm. the whole audience went silent. They were just like, this is when the show begins. There was like no indication. I feel like, I, feel like I would need to leave. I would get so freaked out. Oh my gosh. I love that. It was, it was awesome. Like the people in the audience, like were so excited to be there. Like I know Koreans love musical theater and you could like feel it. Mm-hmm. Did they hold for five after that? Did people just sit silently for five minutes? They did. Yeah. No, there was like a long period of silence. Wow. It's like you got to get in the zone. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's cool. Yeah, everyone got entrance applause. Everyone felt like rock stars or like the biggest Broadway legend you you know. It was it was amazing. Mm-hmm. They had um two fat cast members that I was really surprised. Like one of the fates and one of the ensemble members were fat. Yay. Yeah. They oh the big the big change was that there wasn't a trap door. Um Okay. That people made entrances and ex- and exits. They used this big kind of like garage door thing in the at upstage uh but other than that mm-hmm. it was like a pretty much copycat of the broadway staging and like costumes and everything oh, okay yeah did it do that set change where like the walls come out when they go to yes he's down yeah oh, cool. and it was a higher it was a taller stage than broadway too so it, it looked very epic when it happened nice yeah how about so the, everyone's quiet at exactly two o'clock was there anything different about like the way the show ended or how people do applause at the end no everyone I think stood immediately there it was weird because some of the songs got applause and some didn't but it seemed like everyone knew when not to applaud when I was like (laughs) about ready to and then I'm like oh no we're not doing it okay (laughs) you're like wait and okay yeah I don't know what that difference was but it was just a very, very like enthusiastic, highly energized audience for a matinee. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Did you know it was going to be there? I didn't until I got there. Like I knew I had been following Cherry, who's the PSM of Strange Loop, mm-hmm. Cherry Bite, and she had PSM'd the production in Soul of Hades Town, and I thought it was just over. And then yeah. I was looking around to see, oh, I saw ads for it. Um, there were like flags all over Busan, um, advertising for it. And I'm like, wait, is this happening? And then I found it online. Yeah. <laughs> wow. How serendipitous. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Marketing works. Yeah. Marketing does work. There was also like, um, a large display out in the front that was like today's cast and it had headshots of all the actors that were performing that day. Mm-hmm. And they had like a lineup of people to be able to take pictures with it. And oh, wow. it was, it was like wrapped around the theater. It was so long. Um, everyone wanted to like take a picture with it <laughs> with just the headshot board, not the actual people. Yeah. Just the headshot board. I love that. Yeah. I love a headshot board. We need to do that. Yeah, I feel like off-off Broadway shows do that, but Mm -hmm. not really Broadway. Yeah. When we were getting, we were leaving, we were trying to figure out how to get to the subway. Um, 
I heard like screaming from a bunch of people and I'm like, Oh, it's like the stage door. And I like ran over cause I'm like, what is this like? And then I don't know what happened, but there was no one there. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, <laughs> so might not have been stage door. <laughs> yeah. Maybe someone came out, but then they didn't like stick around. Those are the highlights. I just wanted to, if you can go see a Korean production at the dream theater, <laughs> highly recommend it. And what was coming up? Was it Jekyll and Hyde or? Yeah, which I'm very sad I didn't see because I love Jekyll and Hyde. So mm-hmm. maybe, you know, I don't know. I probably won't ever get to see it. But if you're in Busan, you should go. I don't know. I hear that um, Frank Wildhorn does very, he's, that's a Frank Wildhorn show, right? Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. It does very well in Korea. So I don't know. <laughs> I feel like the odds of you seeing Jekyll and Hyde are, are stronger than seeing Hades Town again. So That's true. Uh, my brother-in-law, my Korean brother-in-law, we were in his car for one of the first times in 2019 and he was like playing a playlist and he had two different versions of this is the moment from Jekyll and Hyde in his playlist. I mean, why not three, right? (laughs) (laughs) One was like just instrumental and one was like a person singing it in Korean. So he just must really love that song. It's a really good song, so I don't, I don't hold it against him at all. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so cool. I'm so glad you got to do that. Thank you. Yeah, me too. Uh, And you got to see Strange Loop again. How was that? I mean, it was amazing. I will go see that show at least once for every thought, I feel like. (laughs) And... I was going with uh, my friend and my wife and they had both, they were both seeing it for the first time. So I hadn't talked to him about it too much. And we got in and we had that experience of like, when you've seen a show and you open your playbill and the little like understudy things fall out and I'm like, Oh yes. You know? And they were like, Oh man. (laughs) Um, But I was incredibly excited because I got to see Kyle Freeman, um, who's one of the understudies for Usher go on. And he, I've never seen him perform before. So he was playing Asaka on the Once on this Island tour. Um, So I was like, okay, cool. This guy's going to be able to sing. And like, holy shit, his voice was incredible. And it was just cool to see like another, like, black queer person bring a very different take on that role. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. it, it was so rich and amazing and very much like that actor. Um, I'm just saying he optioned up some of the songs and I was oh, losing my mind. That's incredible. <laughs> so, yeah. He was great. I mean, we still love Jaquel Spivey, right? Like he's yeah. incredible too, but it was, it was awesome to see Kyle Freeman. And I also got to see, uh, John Michael Reese understudy thought number six. So, um, Antoine Hopper, who typically does like the Inwood daddy stuff and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was awesome too. So mm-hmm. uh, now I'm just like, I need to collect them all with the understudies. <laughs> How many understudies? There, yeah, there's four different ones, two different people understudy Usher. Um, and I'm very interested to see, uh, Mars Rucker who understudies thought one, two, three, but they identify as genderqueer. And I think it would just be really cool to see someone, you know, who identifies like that as one of the thoughts. Yeah. So yeah, it was, it was great. Um, and we're going to talk more about that as we get into our Tony discussion. Oh, good. 
I was trying to do the math of with all the understudies playing all the roles. If you got to see each one play each role, like how many times you'd have to see the show. Oh my gosh. (laughs) We will figure out that math. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I got to see Fat Ham this past Mm -hmm. weekend, which you haven't seen yet, so I'm not going to spoil it, but. I'm so excited though. It is so wonderful and it's a great show to see for Pride if you haven't. It got extended, so now it's open until July 17th. So if you haven't seen it, you should definitely go. It's really great to see in conversation with Strange Loop. There's a lot of overarching themes, but a totally different approach. Um, it's very, it's so funny, but also very moving and it has a really amazing ending. Yeah. I can't wait for you to see it so we can talk more about it. Cannot wait. Yes. Very grateful. It extended. I have a feeling if they can, they'll extend it even further. So everyone should grab a ticket. Did you see anything else? I didn't see anything else. No, that was it. Oh, I did see, um, this isn't queer at all, though it should be. I, the, the day I saw Fat Ham, I also won the lottery for six. So I had a two show day. I got to see six and Fat Ham it was a very good theater day. All those women should be queer. Um, together is my it is, thought. Right. It is queer, but it's yeah. not. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I also had a couple swings under studies who Abby Mueller was out and one of the other original women was out. And so we had an all POC cast too. And that was Love that. awesome. That's so cool. Yeah. It's so fun. If you can see it, go see it. Keep playing that lottery. That's what I'm going to do. Mm hmm. Never as lucky as you, though, Holly. Oh, no. I, I really do think it's just persistence in, in numbers. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I was just going to switch to, like, upcoming events. We wanted to shout out BroadwayCon is coming. It's going to be July 8th through the 10th at the Manhattan Center and the New Yorker Hotel. If you are going, we want you to check out the this panel that has a lot of our past guests. Uh, it's called Dreaming the Queer Future, TGNC Representation, and Playwrights in the American Theater. So this is put on by the Dramatist Guild and National Queer Theater, and it's in conversation with Elle Morgan incredibly exciting. Um, and it includes past podcast guest Roger Q. Mason. I would say past podcast favorite. Um, this episode <laughs> was so great with the New Vision Fellows. So the New Vision mm-hmm. Fellows are also a part of this. Ayla Shwanchi Sullivan, Nick Hadika Moloku, who were also on the podcast with Roger uh, last year. So this conversation will dream of Broadway to come, the possibilities for an American theater that is more inclusive to the stories of trans, gender nonconforming, and queer people, perspective of the absence of these stories on Broadway, and what it takes to get there. So definitely recommend you check that out on Sunday. Another theater event you can check out is Dixon Place's Hot Festival. That's going to be in July 2022. It's theater, dance, music, transmedia, and homoeroticism for the whole family. Oh, love that. Yeah. We'll be posting more information about that on our socials. So keep an eye on it there. All right. Should we switch to our, our Tony Award conversation? Let's do it. So we yeah. are recording this on Monday, June 13th. And last night was a very exciting and emotion-filled evening for all of us, I think. Yeah. I was sweating. I was very oh, yeah. nervous. I feel like it's been a while since I felt so passionately about a show. So maybe Mm -hmm. not since Fun Home. (laughs) I had to like physically get up and leave the room a couple of times, which we could talk about those times. (laughs) (laughs) I was struggling with that. Yeah. Well, where should we start? Should we talk about like... I mean, going, going back to even before the Tonys, were there any nominations that felt 
surprising to you or like snubs that you noticed? I I feel like the biggest one is like, why don't we have a best ensemble category? Yes. Right. We need that desperately and we will keep bringing it up until it happens. Yeah. (laughs) It's so important. Strange loop for colored girls. Uh, Such great ensembles that need all of them recognized. Company and from what mm. I saw, Paradise Square. Like it would have oh. been a tough category this year if there's an yeah. ensemble award. Six. Like, oh yeah, six too. I think the biggest snub, and I don't. It's not that I necessarily think. I don't know. Jury's out for me on whether or not she should have got nominated, but is Katrina Link from Company? Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people were upset about that, but I mean. Looking back at our conversation about company, Katrina was never like my favorite thing about it. So yeah, but I would have said as an ensemble they were great, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't have wanted the outcome of leading actress to have been different either. Right? Yeah. yeah. Very good point. And I haven't. The only performance I've actually seen from the best leading actress in a musical is Carolina Change, and she mm-hmm. was phenomenal. So I'm glad she got nominated. Yeah, and she's coming back next year in um, Death of a Salesman. Oh, cool. Yeah, so I'm excited to see Sharon D. Clark. But yeah, in terms of the nominations, I feel like because it's that weird year where there were quite a few things, but some of them were holdovers from mm-hmm. like before the pandemic. Some were new. I think next Tony's is going to be really aggressive because mm-hmm. it's a lot of shows that have like – waited I don't know what they're waiting for but they waited to come back (laughs) but yeah so it was it was an interesting mix I feel like all of these shows are so incredibly different Mm -hmm. I I, I remember you said this last time we talked about the Tony is it like girl from north country felt so random yeah (laughs) I haven't seen it unfortunately but I'm like oh I feel like this opened so long ago it did it it really did. It opened in March 2020. Wow. <laughs> you know? So we're over two years later after their opening night. Yeah. And I think they did the, they did the best they could thinking about it more as like the actual production of the Tonys. I think they did the best they could to make it make sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Except for our biggest complaint, right? Which is the split broadcast. Right. Yeah. But let's talk about how it's set up, right? So you had to watch the first act one on a Paramount Plus account, right? Mm-hmm. Did you have, was that free? Because we have like a paid, but it's like the minimum paid version. So we have, because we're old, we we <laughs> have like the premium so we can watch our Sunday morning program, CD, oh, CBS okay. Sunday morning. <laughs> but like, <laughs> it's so weird to me that there's tiers of Paramount Plus and you had to have like peak tier to watch the Tonys. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't get that at all. Um, I also like, it took me forever. This is our fault because we were traveling, but mm-hmm. like it took us forever just to like get the app started and set up. So by the time I got on, I, I actually missed the first award, which went to six. Oh yeah. We got on it pretty easily, but then I was trying to figure out how we watched the second part while the first part was happening. And I feel like I wasn't paying enough attention right. to that section. And yeah, it's funny because um they gave you like that 10 minute window to switch over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like this is just for like 
all the olds and me who are like, I need time to adjust my technology <laughs> to not miss the but Tonys. Like, do the Youngs have Paramount Plus no. premium subscriptions? No. <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, yeah. And, and the other, so I don't have the premium Paramount Plus. I had to get access to CBS. Mm-hmm. And it's different this year because normally, or in the past, I've had to subscribe to a free trial for like CBS's app. And this year, I had to subscribe to a free trial to this app called Fubo. Oh, sure. <laughs> so that was new. And I was already with my like fifth email address to start my new right. CBS account. <laughs> and I didn't really need to do that, but. They're like actively making it impossible to watch the Tonys. And I, I don't get it like why even do the first hour if it's like i feel like they're almost like you're welcome this is a courtesy yeah don't and it makes me so sad it's all the creatives because those are already the jobs that like theater kids don't know exist Mm -hmm. (laughs) and they're just shoved into this first hour and if you didn't watch the paramount plus before you watch the broadcast you would have no idea that six won any tony awards yeah it shocked me that best score was included in that first hour. Like that feels like a very big award. Yeah. I don't, I, I would love to hear somebody's logic on why that happened. Yeah. And, oh, but they put best book in the regular. Right. Yeah. Those should go way. in the same area. That doesn't make mm-hmm. any sense. I know. I feel bad too, because like the six, as we were talking about, we were texting about the six writing team is very queer and it would be Mm -hmm. awesome to have just them visually on broadcast TV and be like, here are the people that made this show. But yeah, it was, it was also like, (laughs) I know we were both extremely stressed in that first hour. And I even like, I texted our friend Carolyn. I'm like, I'm not feeling good about these Tonys. And her response was like, wait, don't they start at eight? So I think a lot of people, (laughs) (laughs) a lot of people were on that train too. Uh, so sad. And we forgot to shout out in the nominations that there were some some kind of breakthrough things that happened with mm-hmm. Elle Morgan Lee being uh, nominated, who's the first openly trans performer. Adam Rigg was the first agender nominee for the Tonys, and they're a scenic designer. And Tony Marlowe became the first non-binary composer to earn an, or to be nominated and win uh, a Tony for six. And the Tonys really wanted to make sure you knew that they did that. Yep. <laughs> it was like that. And then the, um, the Patty Lapone, uh, Chris Harper pays my salary jokes. Oh yeah. We're just so overdone. <laughs> Take a shot every time. It was at yeah. least six shots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know we both felt while we were texting about, I love the visibility, you know, but every time they're like, and, you know, L Morgan, the first, uh, openly transgender nominee, you can just see her being like, yeah, okay. Like right? fifth time you brought it up. Like, yeah. let's, and it's, I don't know. I, and she's so gracious and wonderful, but it just kept putting her in this like weird, didn't we do good? Cause she's here. Like, yeah. Thing. I don't know. Yeah. It cheapens, it cheapens it. It's like, oh, she's here because we've like allowed her to be not because how fucking talented she is. Yeah. Yeah. It it felt kind of not, not the way I wanted it to feel for her. And I don't like, 
Ariana DeBose as the host. Uh, I definitely want to touch on that. I, I loved her. I thought she was incredible. Oh my gosh. Why have anyone else ever do it again? Right. I don't. <laughs> she um, was so good. So entertaining. So charismatic. Able to carry some material that I felt like wasn't as great as her. Totally. Yeah. Um, she really just leaned into everything super hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I think it was like on Vox, I saw someone say that like they didn't like her, that she was like trying too hard. And I heartily disagree. It's the Tonys. It's yeah. all about trying to. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. yeah. And she sang the crap out of those fake songs that they wrote right. and she danced all over the place. Yeah. I don't. Her audience interaction bits were like genuinely funny and mm-hmm. authentic. Um, I would have been so excited to see her as like a child in Ohio, like a young person. I would have been so excited to see her host the Tonys. Oh my gosh. Right. And like, they didn't even, does she ever really say anything about herself being queer during it? I don't think so. Yeah. That would have been cool. But yeah. Does she, oh, does she kiss someone? I remember there, oh no, it was some of the dancers and <laughs> the opening number. But then the the queer moment I missed for someone <laughs> kissed her. <laughs> you have to shout that out. Uh, right before they were like after an award and it was like Ariana was saying, stick around, this and this and this is coming up. And Sarah Silverman was standing behind her and she leaned down and kissed Ariana's bare shoulder. And I'm like, <laughs> yes, I am, I am here for this. Yeah. That was, that was funny. I was very sad to have missed that. <laughs> I'm sure you can find it. Rewatch. I'll rewatch on Paramount Plus just for that moment. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we take any little bit of queerness we can find. Yep. But there was a lot of queerness. There was this. a lot. I was yeah. going to say, we didn't have to dig too much for it in this one. Yeah. The the composers and directors of Six, uh, I loved their outfits were amazing. Yeah, that made me happy. It was like, it was funny thinking about like the queer moments too, because I'm I'm also realizing that it's... Only the, I'm only remembering the queer, queer, I'm using quotes for this moments that I wanted because <laughs> I was watching this with, uh, my wife's family and when Take Me Out one, uh, they were like, Oh, another gay show one. I'm like, No, but that one doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Not that kind of gay show. How yeah. I learned to drive should have won. <laughs> it's true. I was very, that was the one I had to get up and leave for. I was disappointed yeah. about that. Um, I didn't even see Paula there. Did you see her? No. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't know. If she was. I'm sure she was there, but mm. I'm. I, I didn't see Take Me Out either, so I can't really talk about it. I remember reading it in college and being like, "This is outdated." Then, so. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I love like Jesse Tyler Ferguson. I think he's great. Whatever. Yeah, but... I was happy he won. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, I don't wish any ill will on Take Me Out. I just wanted. <laughs> just wanted how I learned to drive to win. And they didn't walk away with anything. No, I don't think so. Yeah. You know who did, though? MJ. Where did that come from? (laughs) That was a shock. And I haven't seen it. So, you know, I was like, you know, maybe it's incredible. Um, But you you have seen it. I would love to hear your take. And it's not, I mean, I saw it a couple weeks before it opened, so things could have changed. And Mm -hmm. I think what I want to touch on for this is um miles frost who plays mj is incredibly talented like Mm. he is one of the most charismatic performers i've ever seen on stage but i feel like it's you see this in all award shows not just the tonys it's like not a good 
tactic to award the best thing and a bad thing. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that happens a lot with award shows. You know, you, someone will get nominated because I was thinking about, um, Jared Grimes, I believe his name is, who is in funny girl. He Mm -hmm. was like the best thing in an okay show. Right. But like, I feel like that's what happened with Miles Frost and he ended up winning. I don't know. <laughs> I it, It's just because you're the best thing and a, and a bad thing doesn't mean you need to get like rewarded for doing that. <laughs> I don't, yeah. I'm not saying this eloquently, but. <laughs> no, I get it. But I also feel like I've seen some shows where I'm like, oh, they really were the best thing and I want them to be recognized for that. Even yeah. though the rest of the piece wasn't up to the same level. I, I mean, again, this is coming from bias because I didn't want him to win. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wanted Jaquel to win. Jaquel Spivey, but he's still young. Oh <laughs> yeah. He's still around. <laughs> so he's still giving an incredible performance. All the strange loop losses felt pretty baffling to me. Yeah. And performance and score. Yeah. Um, I don't understand. As fun as six is, score makes no sense because mm-hmm. <laughs> like those are very danceable, fun pop songs. But if you're looking at a score for a musical theater that <laughs> drives plot <laughs> and like builds character develop, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I don't understand how it was even a contest between the two. I think it has such a strong following and like it's going to tour so well that I think you know, the touring venues were just excited to have something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they won Best Direction, too? Best uh, Costumes. Best Costumes. What won Best Direction? Uh, Company. Oh, yeah. I yeah. love Marion Elliott. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Company's good. Yeah. I loved Carolina Change, too, but mm-hmm. you know, Company's a classic. And after coming out of a year where we lost Stephen Sondheim, that makes sense. Yeah. That's a great production. It, it deserves mm-hmm. the wins. I love that you texted me. I can't believe I'm sad that Patty LaPone won. <laughs> uh, I was really hoping and thought El Morgan had a really good chance. Especially with all the talk that they were doing, right? It's mm-hmm. like, it was amazing to see Jaquina Calacongo win and mm-hmm. have Daniel Brooks and Cynthia Rio just like lose it. <laughs> oh, that was so sweet. I didn't, they didn't show them when they announced it, right? Like I just heard them, but you could hear mm-hmm. like how excited they were. And like when she got up there, like they were all crying. <laughs> I was like, this is so great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And her speech was one of the best of the night for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Were there any performances that stood out to you in particular? Uh, I really enjoyed the sixth performance because I had mm-hmm. just seen it and there were a couple of people I hadn't seen who were performing. So it was fun to see that. Uh, and I'm just really in love, um, you know, I was sad at one score, but I am really in love with the score right now and listening to it a lot. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. And I liked the Paradise Square performance. It made me really want to see the show. And I wanted to see it before this, but now I'm like, oh, yes, I must see that show. Totally. I like that they just let her, like, do her thing. Mm-hmm. Like, get out there and just sing. Yeah, I hope they sold some tickets off that performance because as CBS is not so subtly showing us that that's all they're really trying to do with this show. Um, <laughs> yeah, and this I really like what they did with the Strange Loop performance because they tried to show like the self-loathing and like the him like questioning his black identity. So mm-hmm. like the way they kind of compiled the book scene together with the song I thought was really cool. Yeah. 
I think they edited some of the more. Oh, they did. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's different. <laughs> yeah. I get too raunchy on CBS. Yeah. And I'm sorry to keep throwing my in-laws like in this, but like <laughs> at, as they were performing, they were like, who is this show for? And I'm like, that's what I'm scared of, mm. <laughs> you know? And it's, I just hope that, um, people saw that performance and were inspired to go see the show. Right. It's, it's for everyone. And yeah, mm-hmm. I hope it, it invited people in. Yeah. Yeah. One performance I didn't made me not want to see it was Mr. Saturday Night. Uh, <laughs> you, you texted me something like, I would have to leave the show. <laughs> I was like, oh, I really want to see this to see Shoshana Bean, but oh, I don't right. know if I could handle the rest of the show. <laughs> it's just so just Billy Crystal being yeah. Billy Crystal. Yeah. But that's that hands down sold ticket. You know it did. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I just will not participate in the audience sing along. No, they gave the boomers what they wanted with that. Yeah. I think some something I have to just shout out that I will find continually funny until the end of time is how every year they just seem to let more and more people co-produce shows. <laughs> and <laughs> you get to the company wins and you're like, here are 600 people who gave us money. <laughs> And they're all elbowing and like trying to like literally sprint down the aisle. So they're in the camera view and angling their head. I'm like, this is, this is gold. Like this is the show. (laughs) Did you ever see the Dear Evan Hansen um, picture for, for that? No, Um, I don't think so. Oh, we should link to it in our show notes. Uh, there, there was a Dear Evan Hansen, like when they won, they had uh-huh. a ton of co-pros, so many co-pros and they were uh-huh. all sitting together and there was this couple, um, and they were like not involved in shows at all. Um, <laughs> and they were in the aisle and they got pushed up on stage and they ended up being like directly next to Stacey Mendes. <laughs> <laughs> It's, I'm, I'm going to find it. It's Amazing. so good. And it just shows you like, the lead producer is standing next to these two people she doesn't know and thanking them for co-producing the show. So. it's beautiful. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's so there was a lot of co-pros for company. And then what was the other one? Strange Loop had a lot of people too. It's weird to me. It's like Jennifer Hudson also became an EGOT last night, but oh, yeah. I'm like, but you got it. Your tea from producing, which I feel like. It's a little bit unfair. Yep. <laughs> Do you see this picture? Okay, so which ones are the new are the wrong people? It's the guy with his arms out and his wife's behind him in the blue dress with the collar. It's so good. They're directly to the left of the lead producer. They're in front of Ben Platt. <laughs> <laughs> are they Asian? Oh my god. Yeah. That's fucking ridiculous. They were they were on vacation. Like they were weren't even <laughs> Like they don't live here. <laughs> oh, this made their life like they oh, are it's so, so happy. If you go watch the speech later, he keeps doing things with his arms like, whoa. <laughs> like, <laughs> so you would never know, but it's the best thing ever. That's gold. So, I love it so the much. The danger of having too many copros. You're not going to know who the hell they are. <laughs> anyway. Wow. The more you know. 
<laughs> was there, um, did any of the performances stand out to you or make you want to see things you hadn't seen? I mean, I've been wanting to see six, so I guess that doesn't count, but they put on a great televised performance. So yeah, it was awesome. I had only been listening to the, the London recording. And so it's different. The Broadway show is different. There's more music oh, is too, it? which is exciting. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to see that one day. Um, and Paradise Square. Yeah. I was surprised mm-hmm. by that. Um, the new ragtime, as you will. <laughs> oh, we have to shout out Carolyn because she's our friend and needs to be on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. And she really wants to make sure that we say that she said things first. Yeah. <laughs> the new ragtime. Rag which I am skeptical, but we will see. Yeah. There's no such thing, but. <laughs> uh, it did not make me want to see the music man. Also, did you see Hugh Jackman has COVID now? Yes. <laughs> oh my God. That whole like inner ring at the front of the theater is just covered in COVID. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, I love Ruth. I already loved Ruthie and Miles so much, but just the fact that she was like one of the only people wearing a mask, I'm just like, oh, my heart. Oh, she's the best. Yeah. Oh, also in Korea, everyone wears masks all the time, even outside. It was like a huge culture shock to come back here and like no one's wearing mm-hmm. masks. Did you feel like you were like the right wing person not wearing a mask outside? Yeah. Korea? No, we would take our masks <laughs> off as soon as we got outside and like no one like gave us a hard time about it, but everyone else was wearing masks. It was, yeah. Wow. I mean, take a note, America. With Ian Miles holding it down at the Tonys. So thank you. Always. And um, how about that Spring Awakening performance? Oh, I enjoyed it. What'd you, th- I, yeah. it's your show. So what'd you think? It was super fun. I'm glad they did it. I'm like, this is for like 10 people. That's what should have been in the first hour. Right. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> but as soon as they did that song, like it started, I'm like, Oh, they want Skylar Aston to sing. Cause everyone knows who he is, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, they sounded great. Honestly, probably a lot of them have better voices now than they did. Yeah. I yeah. wish they would make this like a formal section. Like last year they did wicked. And some other mm-hmm. shows to like rent. They should just have like a throwback every year. I love that idea. Yeah. Oh, who would you want it to be? Who would be your number one? Uh, well, they did Ragtime last year, but I want like more of a Ragtime reunion. Yeah. All of Ragtime. Um, Light in the Piazza. That's probably not going to happen. <laughs> also for 10 people. Yeah. What would yours be? I mean, probably Spring Awakening. So uh, I'm glad that happened. What else did I see it? ton just for fun i'd love a jekyll and hyde reunion just because it would be so hilarious i couldn't believe you didn't say that first time around <laughs> yep <laughs> wait for like, it not david hasselhoff or like several of the jekyll and hydes because you've got to get sebastian bach in there too like jimmy award style or just a row of different jekyll and hydes <laughs> <laughs> and then we get different lucy's so we get colleen sexton in there yeah that would be fun Oh, I do want a parade revival, so. Parade. Oh, sure. I'll have a better answer for this one day. Well, fun home, obviously, too. Yeah, but it's, yeah. like, too recent, right? I yeah. feel like. It's going to be, like, revivable before we know it. Love the word revivable. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe there's been a Spring Awakening revival already. Right, like, come and gone a while ago. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's what they should have done. They should have had some of the cast from that production there, oh, too. Oh, yeah. Next year. We'll just do a different Spring Awakening. <laughs> Start getting regional theaters in there, too. Oh, maybe like a gypsy reunion where we have, again, all the Mama Roses that are still around. 
Mm, mm-hmm. That would be cool. I feel like we're coming up with some really great content. Paramount <laughs> Plus, <laughs> listen up. <laughs> I hope Angela Lansbury is okay because I want her to be there for it too. Also, we have to say it every time. Bernadette Peters is just ageless. Ugh. I can't. Every time she's on stage, I'm just like, she looks amazing. Yeah. She sounded great. I liked the the tribute they did for Sondheim. Mm-hmm. And it was simple and sweet. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't, like, make the whole night about him directly, mm-hmm. which is probably not what he would have wanted. So how do I know what Sondheim wanted? But. <laughs> I really liked Billy Porter's um, in memoriam section too. Yeah. My friend Vinny was actually in it. His picture was in it. So that was really special too. And I know that he would have said like, wow, I died a good year because there were only like 10 people. (laughs) People would have remembered me. (laughs) Last year was a lot of people. Yeah. Well, COVID. Yeah. But I'm glad that that is still part of the broadcast because I remember there was a time when they were talking about taking it out. But I think mm-hmm. community needs like cathartic moments like that. It's nice. What I was watching some comedy where it was like a dead actress or someone in the industry got to see their photo in the in memorial section and they were really mad about it. They're like, that's it. I get like a three second video. <laughs> <laughs> I forget what it is now, but it was funny. Oh, that is funny. Yeah. Oh, and I really liked the the feature they did about the playwrights and having them get to talk about their shows. Oh, yeah. That was cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember in the past they had more things like that where they had the playwrights talk about their shows. And it's mm-hmm. like, why don't you? This makes sense. They're, they yeah. wrote it. <laughs> they can tell us about it. Any other Tony dreams for the future besides hopefully not in all white nominee (laughs) crew next year. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it was nice. Like I felt like this season was more diverse than we've seen before. I just hope it continues, you know? Um, Yeah. I'd love for it to be more diverse outside of just black and white too. Yeah. But I don't know. I think we're headed in a direction. I just hope it stays. Yeah. I hope it accelerates. Yeah. it It would be nice to be like, you know, I'm sad Al Morgan didn't win, but this other trans woman who was up did win. You know, I'd like to have multiple queer horses to back in the race. Yeah, <laughs> so. definitely. And like the most visible folks are the more diverse of so the actors, but mm-hmm. where the more diverse producers and directors and yeah, writers like that, we're not seeing that yeah. yet. It was fun to watch it though in like real time and feel like. You know, we could just enjoy theater, being theater and complain about theater. and Yeah. yeah. And it always flies by for me. Like, I don't know why they feel like they needed to keep that extra hour separate. Because I'm like, it was four hours, but I I was in it the whole time. Yeah. And like, in terms of other award shows, it's so performance heavy. It's like plenty Mm -hmm. of entertainment. Yeah. So wrapping up, we wanted to share our Action of the Up and Queer Gives section. Um, I just wanted to share that with, you know, all the recent mass shootings that have been happening, uh, I know I've been feeling really kind of helpless and extremely frustrated and angry about what's happening in our government. And something I read recently that helped me 
uh, feel a little better was from this epidemiologist, uh, Catlin Jatlina. She has a substack called Your Local Epidemiologist. And I started following her because she was writing a lot about COVID. Her tagline is translating public health science for everyday use. And I didn't realize that that also included things like firearms and uh, reproductive rights. So she writes about um, a wealth of topics that I find really interesting. And she had one called recently called Firearms, What You Can Do Right Now. I don't know if folks are, are familiar with the Swiss cheese method of fighting COVID, um, but it's basically like if you think of slices of Swiss cheese, it, they have holes in them, right? But if you line them up as like different layers of defense against something, things that go through the holes eventually get stopped because the holes don't line up. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's some really good graphics of this. Um, and she made one for uh, reducing firearm death and kind of compared it to like car crash death where uh, a while ago, so a ton of people were dying from car crashes. And then we instituted all these kind of like smaller changes, like a Swiss cheese method. And then it cut down on uh, vehicle death dramatically. So she kind of goes into all the different ways that we can be fighting or fighting for gun reform to make our world, our country specifically, a little safer. Uh, so I'm, we're going to link to that in the show notes. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that, Holly. Yeah. The visual is extremely helpful. Encourage people to click and see more about that. We also want to shout out Every Town Support Fund. So the Every Town for Gun Safety Support Fund is the education, research, and litigation arm of Every Town for Gun Safety, the largest gun violence prevention organization in the country. This is from their website. We build awareness about the complexities of gun violence in America so that every person, policymakers, volunteers, cultural influencers, business leaders, and more can learn about the issues and become part of the solutions. So we have links in the show notes where you can sign up to volunteer in your community with Everytown Support Fund, or there's ways that you can donate to support the fund. Thanks for hanging out with us for our special Tony Award edition of Thesis on Joan. Yeah. If you have your own Tony rants or raves that you want to share, please, please let us know. And enjoy the rest of Pride. Happy Pride. Happy Pride. Thanks for listening. If you like, please follow, rate, and review us and share us with your friends. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Thesis on Joan. We love to hear your queer culture recs and ideas for queering the canon. Send us an email at thesisonjoan at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 845-445-9251. Come back for more interviews, fun queer content, recommendations, and discussions on current theater. Until next time, keep it queer. Not that it'd be that hard for y'all to do. <laughs>
and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.